Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode two of The Vampire Diaries, which is called True Lies. Not really sure where this title came from. Yeah. I mean, people are just spreading information. Some of it's right. Some of it's not. Information is definitely being circulated to different people. Some of it continues. Some of it doesn't. It is taking them a while to figure out Miss Bonnie's dead. Yeah, they found out Stefan was in a safe, bottom of the quarry, when there's a live Stefan walking around before they figured out about Bonnie. The messed up. It's a little messed up. And we still get some fun college stuff. We get a party. We get some class. We also get some jokes. <laughs> some funny moments. Yeah, we get some fun in this season. You know, it's they're being a little goofy. It's season five. Like, this show is already a success. And it's already gone down in history and the hearts and minds of fans everywhere. Now it's time to get goofy with it. Time to have a little fun with it. Yeah. Put some stank on it, <laughs> as it were. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Without telling Elena that Stefan is missing, Damon turns to Sheriff Forbes for help finding his brother. Elena and Caroline try to find out who is covering up a campus murder, and a fellow Whitmore student named Jesse gives Elena some intriguing information about Professor Wes Maxfield. While Jeremy struggles to return to his old life, he continues to be the only person who can see and talk to Bonnie, but he can't convince her that it's time to let the others know that she sacrificed her own life for his. After learning that Silas is searching for Catherine, Damon asks Matt and Jeremy to keep her out of sight, but the situation quickly spirals out of control. Finally, Nadia uses violence to make a point about her own agenda. Whatever that agenda is. <laughs> Whatever that point was. But we start the episode a little bit of a flashback in the town square, but really we're in... I think the Salvatore house and Bonnie is telling Jeremy about the events of the previous evening. The end of last episode, which was when famously Silas killed her father. So she's recounting that to us as we relive it. She says, you know, it was supposed to be a nice family event. I just stopped by to see my dad. Then Silas showed up, said he was testing how powerful his mind control had become. The entire town did exactly what he said. He didn't want any witnesses, so he told them to forget what he did. They watched my dad die, and they couldn't do anything or tell anyone. And Jeremy's like, oh, that sucks. Jeremy's like, so we like your dad now? Jeremy's like, I'm <laughs> sorry. I thought you and your dad weren't that close. <laughs> he kind of I don't want this to come off as insensitive. <laughs> so she's clearly upset. Jeremy's just looking at her, and she says, what are you going to do, hug me? And he says, I mean, I want to, but like, I don't know what you want me to do here. I, I can't bring him back to life. Yeah, he's like, I mean, I don't really know what you expect me to do with this information. I didn't care for him. I'm not capable of hugging you. I don't know what to tell you. Like, my dad's been dead for like four years at this point. Like, it happens. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, it does suck. I feel for you, girl. But you were pretty much the only one left with a dad. So, I mean, I think we all have kind of felt that clock ticking. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> says, you can't hug me. You can't touch me. And I can't touch you because I'm dead. And it's like, okay, we got it. Like, okay, thanks for the recap, Miss Girl. And she says, just like my dad, except he's not supernatural, so I don't get to see him on the other side. He's just dead. And it's like, we probably would have gotten there on our own, but she's just letting us know, like, you guys don't have to see any more Rudy Hopkins. He's selling pharmaceuticals up in heaven. It's good to lay that out for the people who might just be tuning in or might be like a little behind on the lore, whatever. Because obviously I didn't expect to see Rudy. And, you know, Bonnie, I know it sucks to be on the other side. But the fact that you can see like anyone on the other side is a pretty big improvement for most people over there. I'm not saying like you can't complain. I think it's fair to complain. You're in a shitty situation. But, you know, let's put it in perspective a little. Look, you wanted to save Jeremy so bad. That's on you. You put yourself in this position. And I think, honestly, if someone came up to you and said, you can save Jeremy or your dad's going to die, I think you'd probably still pick Jeremy. Yeah. Because let's be serious. I mean, Rudy was not giving. He was not father of the year. V very fur, fur ranking on that list. He wasn't even pharmaceutical salesman of the year. I mean, he was mediocre in just about everything he did. He took the job as mayor because he was on his way to getting fired. Let's be serious. He was the sixth choice for mayor of Mystic Falls. He's not winning an award for anything. Yeah. That is mediocrity. We didn't lose one of the greatest minds of our generation. I'd sooner bring back Bill Forbes. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> but anyway, Bonnie is rightfully upset. Sorry, girl. We love it you. It is her dad. I mean, it's sad. And then 
Bonnie says, Silas is using his mind control to find Catherine. He told everyone in the town square to keep an eye out for anyone that looks like Elena. Whatever he wants with Catherine, we cannot let him have it. So Jeremy's all caught up on this. Yeah. And then we go out to the woods where Catherine is limping, coughing after, you know, fleeing the scene of a car accident last night. That she caused. (laughs) Yeah, that she caused. She runs into the road and she waves down a van. And this woman gets out. She's like, oh, my God, are you okay? You're going to get yourself sick out here. And Catherine says, oh, my God, thank you so much for stopping. And the woman says, you look just like Elena Gilbert. And Catherine's like, oh, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) Catherine says, no, I know you didn't mean that to be hurtful. (laughs) Catherine says, actually, I'm much prettier. And the woman says, oh, Catherine Pierce, right? I'm supposed to be keeping my eye out for you. And then she maces her. And Catherine screams. That's got to hurt. Yeah, because poor Catherine, she's probably never felt the effects of mace, you know? It's probably similar to how Vervain feels, but she kind of thought she had ex- escaped Vervain. Yeah. And she's like, oh, fuck, Vervain? She's like, there's another version of this? There's Vervain for humans? <laughs> the woman takes out her phone to call Silas, we can presume. But Catherine knocks the phone away and knocks the woman out, but it does hurt her hand because she's human, lest we forget. Say what you will about Catherine. She had no issue taking this woman down. I mean... She may be a human, but she's still got a punch in her. She's scrappy. There's no better word for Catherine, I think. She's mm-hmm. scrappy. She's slippery. Mm-hmm. And then Matt comes out of the woods with a gun. Who gave this to him? He just keeps getting a gun, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He says, hurts, doesn't it? Not as much as this will. And she's like, oh, okay, whatever. She's like, well, I see where I'm at. I don't really want to get shot. So, okay. If I'm going to be captured by anyone, this guy's not the worst. Yeah. She's like, I can get out of this one. Yeah. Then we go over to the quarry. There's a glow around the water. So we pretty quickly figure out it's a hallucination. Mm -hmm. And then we know it is because Elena is like laying with Stefan on a picnic blanket. They're kind of cuddling. Yeah, like on a makeshift beach by a quarry. Yeah. Romantic. Yeah. Poor Stefan. He's been in that safe so long. He can't even visualize a date away from the quarry. Yeah, he doesn't even remember what anything <laughs> He's gotten like. too weak. He can't even get to like a restaurant anymore. Yeah, he can't even get to the Salvador house. Like, I guess we're at the quarry. He's, he said, best I can do is the shore. <laughs> I guess we're right outside the water. <laughs> Soon they're going to be on a floaty in the water. Soon they're going to be swimming. <laughs> Elena says, you know, we could be doing anything. Be anywhere. Why here? Why this? He says, these are the good moments. The simple ones. The ones that matter. These are the moments that keep me from falling apart. Boy, this is not even your girlfriend. Get up. Yeah, please. Envision someone else. Try something different. Try Lexi. Try Caroline. Caroline on. Yeah. Try that. Mix it up. They kiss. And Elena says, you know, this can't last forever. You're just distracting yourself. And then she starts to cough and spit up water. But the good news is she's not drowning. The bad news is Stefan is again. We see him in the safe drowning. His classic move these days. (laughs) What Stefan loves to do. And then he dies again. (laughs) Then we go over to Whitmore College. Check in with our girls. There is a memorial for Megan set up. People are putting flowers by her picture. People are crying. Elena goes up to their room and she's like, hey, Megan's memorial's outside. It's growing by the minute. And Caroline says, college kids are so dramatic. She was on campus for like one day. She couldn't have made that many friends. And I mean, she may have a point there. (laughs) Elena says, Caroline, she's dead. You can stop competing with her now. Now, Elena has a point there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Two good points. Caroline says, sorry, I'm in a mood. Elena says, oh, you talked to Tyler, assuming that's what the mood is. Caroline says, he's deferring from enrolling and deferring from returning my calls. So I'm deferring from having sex with him ever again. I mean, he kind of deferred from that as well. Yeah, he's also girl. deferring from that. But take your power back. I love it for you. Hey, girl, the only way to take your power back even more? Go sleep with Jesse. And stop calling him. Elena says, oh, how's the snooping going? Because Caroline's snooping through all of Megan's stuff. Elena says, any explanation why our vervain-laced vampire slaughtered roommate had a pic of my dad on her phone? And Caroline says, yeah, I found this piece of paper that says, that says, I can't wait to meet Grayson Gilbert, who I know from this, and who has <laughs> she, taught me everything about vampires. Elena, be so serious. She found a letter from Grayson that said, dear Megan, as you know, I know you from this, and this is why we are friends. I hope someday you meet my daughter. <laughs> As you know, you are my illegitimate daughter. (laughs) I'll just throw that guess out. Fair enough guess. (laughs) And then Elena says, well, I went by the hospital this morning and I got Megan's death certificate. It says she died of suicide. No mention of the gaping vampire bites on her neck. So whoever signed off on the cause of death was part of the cover-up, just like the council back home. Cover-ups everywhere. What what can I say? Law enforcement is corrupt everywhere, not just in Mystic Falls. Yeah. 
especially a fucking university police department. Talk about drunk with power. Yeah. Caroline looks at the death certificate and sees that Dr. Wesley Maxfield signed off on the death certificate. Now, why a microbiology professor is signing off on death certificates at a hospital, I don't know. Because he's the one who knows about vampires, apparently. Yeah, sure. And he's another example of they love to go crazy with the names. Yes. You can tell as soon as they say the name, it's like, oh, so we're going to meet that guy. Yeah, so we're going to deal with him, I presume. They spent too long on his name. Yeah. His name is Wesley Maxfield. I'm pretty sure we're meeting him. Yeah. Elena says, AKA, our applied microbiology professor. I switched her classes around and Caroline says, what? Applied what? Elena, we are supposed to be taking intro to communication. Caroline said, I'm done being a good student. That was a high school thing. I'm moving College on. College is not doing that. I'm and, here for fun. You know, of course, as soon as she said this, I was like, why would they take applied microbiology? That's got to be an upper level class, which of course it is. That's part of the bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caroline says, what happened to getting drunk and making bad decisions about boys? What happened to our fun freshman year at college? I'm supposed to be a drama major. She's so slay for that. She's so slay for that. She said, mm, I'm going to do some monologues. <laughs> Elena says, you're not going to be an anything major if we get exposed as vampires. Then they sigh. They calm down. And Elena says, look, we're still going to have our fun year, but we need to protect ourselves. The way Damon kept us secret in Mystic Falls was by infiltrating the Founders Council. So bust out those alleged acting skills and let's get on it. They smile. They do a very bad job of infiltrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because... Elena's not bringing any acting skills. Caroline can't carry both of them. Exactly. She's not that good of an actor. <laughs> yeah. Candace King is that good of an actor. Caroline <laughs> is not. <laughs> then we go out to the quarry. Liz is there with Damon. And she says, Damon, look, I know I said I'd help you find your brother, but like, I can't dredge this entire quarry. It's, it's enormous. And Damon says, well, I mean, I know that. Like, clearly that's why we wanted to dump Silas's body here because it's big and deep and no one would find him. But, you know, now say I'm Silas and I want to take over my doppelganger's life. Why wouldn't I dump him in a place that's big and deep where no one would find him? Critical thinking, the level of which we don't normally see from Damon. Yeah. Also that, you know, this is where Stefan was driving when he supposedly disappeared. Like when he let Silas out, like it's not a crazy jump. Pretty easy to get to this conclusion. At least as a first step, like this may not necessarily be the case. I mean, it is. But this is a good place to start your search. Yeah. Liz says, look, I agreed to hold off on telling anyone about the mayor's death till you figured this out. But I can't devote those kinds of resources to finding one person who may or may not be down there. And Damon says, yeah, but it's a place to start. And if Stefan's down there, it means he's been drowning over and over again all summer. Well, I've been playing house with Elena. Do I need to further elaborate the source of my urgency? So it's your guilt. Yeah, and Sheriff Forbes is like, that doesn't change the resources that I have. Like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I only have so many deputies and you've met some of them. Yeah, I didn't know why you didn't just call your brother over the course of a whole summer. Yeah, that seems like a Damon problem. (laughs) Yeah. Not a Mystic Falls PD problem. (laughs) She says, fine, I'll get some deputies on it. And she leaves. Damon says, thanks. And then he answers a call from Jeremy. Damon says, please tell me you found her. And Jeremy says, I didn't, but Matt did. Damon says, wow, shockingly useful. Matt kinged on accident. As he does. We go to the woods and see Matt's truck where, you know, they're tying up Catherine. And Catherine says to Matt, those blue eyes, they made me soft. I should have ripped your head off when I had the chance. Girl, I don't think you're capable of doing that anymore. She should have done it like a year ago. Yeah. Jeremy tells Damon she was mid-cat fight with some lady who maced her. We think Silas may have mind-controlled himself some new friends. Which, of course, he heard this from Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Crazy leap to make on his own. And Damon says, how exactly did the Gilbert and Donovan Brain Trust put all that together? Super great question. But he's like, well, you know what? You got it. I'm not going to overthink it. Jeremy says, well, we didn't, but (laughs) (laughs) it was neither of our brains actually involved in that. But Damon says, you know what? Never mind. Doesn't matter. Just hide her. If Silas wants her bad enough to sick the whole town on her, that means we want her more. Stay out of sight. You're the last person Silas saw her with. They hang up. And then Catherine, as she's being tied up, says, are these ropes really necessary? And Jeremy says, a bullet would have been more effective, but we're trying to be nice. It's like, okay, calm down. The ropes hurt perfectly sufficient yeah and he says you crashed my car and left me to die and she says well you were gonna hand me over to silas to get Stefan back i was just protecting myself and matt says how many people have you killed using that excuse a whole bunch it's a classic excuse not a secret i don't think she feels bad about it and you didn't die in the car crash i mean yeah all's well that ends well should have tied her up before you let her in that car or put her in the back seat it's not really her fault you didn't plan ahead you let her ride shotgun just like free do you think Catherine has never crashed a car before? Really? 
Yeah, let's be honest. Let's be serious. Matt says, you know, at least we got you some clothes. Catherine says, okay, you know what? Don't play the hero. You two are just waiting for the convenient time to hand me back over to him. I've done this a thousand times. I get it. I'm the leverage. I'm the thing that everybody wants. And then she connects the dots. She's like, I'm the moonstone. She's like, I used to hold the moonstone and now I'm just the moonstone. <laughs> this is depressing. It's, it's like fun. how far I've fallen. Matt closes the door on her because he really doesn't care. And then we go over to applied microbiology class. Elena and Caroline walk in and they spot our new friend, Jesse. And I just want to say, in the time since we last recorded, I've, I decided to rewatch How to Get Away with Murder. So I did watch his arc on How to Get Away with Murder. And that is making me trust him less. Because I don't think it's ever fully, like, officially confirmed. But he's definitely a killer on How to Get Away with Murder. And he's not the main villain of the season. But he's a pretty major, like, concern. Now I'm, like, sensing that distrust anew. Fair. Jesse spots Caroline and he calls her blow-off girl. He says, hey, blow-off girl. How long did it take you to think of that one? Back to the drawing board, I fear. <laughs> yeah. And then Jesse says, aren't you a freshman? How are you in this class? Great question, Jesse. <laughs> Caroline says, what? I love applied microbiology. It's like my- She like sounds it out as she says it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's like my favorite biology. Like little things are just so cute. She's right. And Jesse ignores this because he doesn't really care if she's smart. He just cares if she's DTF. He says, are you going to the bonfire tonight? Or are you just going to get really close and then turn around and leave again? She says, well, since it's a bonfire, it sounds outdoors. So I guess I'll come. Yeah. So I don't think that'll be a concern this time. Elena says she'll be there. And Jesse says, sweet, we'll hang. And then they go to sit down. And Caroline gives Elena a look. And Elena says, what? You said you wanted to make bad decisions about boys. He's cute. He's interested. And most importantly, unlike Tyler, he's here. She got her there. Elena really turned on Tyler. <laughs> yeah, she was ready for this. And then Dr. Wesley Maxfield enters. Let me look him up on IMDb. Dr. Wesley Maxfield is played by an actor named Rick Cosnett. He okay. doesn't look like a Rick. You know he hasn't been known for a lot because The Vampire Diaries in, is in his known for. Okay, he does, so. however, have five upcoming projects, so he's working. Oh. He was on CW's The Flash. Sure. Played some guy named Detective Eddie Thawne for 29 episodes. So if you watch that, maybe you know him. He was on 10 episodes of Quantico. Oh. A character named Elias Harper. I didn't watch Quantico. I wouldn't. Sounds boring. As someone who watches Criminal Minds, Quantico is too far. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much the big things. So he's gotten like irks on TV shows. That's good. Yes. he's He's been on a couple things. He's not super famous. He comes in. He says, good morning. My name is Dr. Maxfield. My first name is Wes. But you can call me Dr. Maxfield. One day when you're out of med school, you'll understand. Why'd you even tell them your first name? Yeah. Like, and you didn't have to say it. And also, I not to get, you know, too into, like, college, but, well, actually, I went to theater school, so maybe not everyone calls say. their professors first name. I was like, who calls the professors by their last names? Then I was like, maybe that's just a theater school thing. That is just a theater school thing, I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> so... His name, Wesley, Wes, Maxfield. Right now they're calling him Dr. Maxfield. He opens the class with, so you're all going to this bonfire tonight, right? Well, here's a quick history lesson. History? What class is this? But no, everybody's got to talk about the Civil Damn War. Yeah, he says, Whitmore was founded as a hospital during the Civil War. Deadliest war in American history. Over 600,000 casualties. Do you have any reaction to us going back to the Civil War for a second? I mean... You think we're going to see Whitmore as a hospital in the Civil War? Maybe. I mean, I think it's important that it was a hospital and Elena's dad is a doctor or was a doctor. I think that's an important thread to pull. Um, and I think the, you know, Civil War thing connects us to the history we already know of the Salvatores. I mean, it's just interesting that we're bringing that up again. That's a big, big moment. Um, and I think when we think about like the founding of Mystic Falls and Whitmore in that same kind of time frame. It is interesting. He says disease was so prevalent that once a week they had to gather all the dead, rotting bodies, put them in a pile and light the whole thing on fire. Everyone's really active listening to this, but it's like, where is he going with this? It's like, wow, this class is so fun. I love applied microbiology. He says, so tonight, when you're drunk and partying, stop for a second, close your eyes and imagine the rancid smell of a hundred rotting corpses. He's just trying to ruin everybody's night. Yeah. Caroline says creepy. And Elena says, yeah, but hottie. Elena. <laughs> Elena's horny. Yeah, come on, girl. College has made her horny. They giggle about that. And Wes says, this brings us to microbiology. 
Barely. Yeah, barely, but okay. That rancid smell comes from a very specific bacteria. Isn't that right, chatty girls in the back? Emily and Caroline are like, oops. They said, well, we're not really supposed to be in this class for freshmen. He says, what is that bacteria? And Elena says, uh, that's, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because why would you know it's the first day of class? He says, well, maybe because you're a freshman who shouldn't be in this class. How do I know? I'm observant. Yeah, that's what it is. Here's the thing. I know that he is right that they did sneak in. But like, what if these are two freshmen who are just full lost? Just yeah. be like, hey, are you guys sure this is the right class for you privately? You don't have to do this in public. Bitchy. Yeah. It's a little rude. And I mean, you could make the argument that maybe it's because he does know Elena is Grayson's daughter, but he actually doesn't really confirm that until the end of the episode. So at best, he suspects it at this point. And if you suspect that this girl is like your friend's daughter, why are you going to be a dick to her off the top? Why are you suspecting that people are sneaking into applied microbiology? Yeah. Like, like if they're sneaking into a biology class, it's the one about sex, okay? No yeah. one's sneaking into this one. Just let them sit through an hour of shit they don't know, and they'll probably never be back. Yeah. Don't be a hater. Be happy you have such a full class for applied microbiology. Don't hate women in STEM. This is yeah. why women don't go into STEM. This is why women leave STEM. <laughs> That's why these two women are leaving STEM. They're leaving STEM. <laughs> two great minds lost. And then he says, you know, I'm observant. That's a skill you'll learn in Bio 101 down the hall. Then we go later to the quad. Elena is calling Damon to tell him about this. And she says, it was mortifying. We just sat there in silence. Damon, meanwhile, is with a team at the quarry. And he says, oh, want me to beat him up? And she says, no, not yet. Like, whatever he knows, I'm going to get it out of him. And Damon says, oh, did you compel him? And she says, no, obviously, because if he knows about vampires, chances are he knows about Vervain. Great read, Elena. And Damon says, how about violence? Did you threaten him? And she says, no, because she was in a public fucking class. Yeah, come on, Damon. Uh, He says, at least tell me you used torture. You heard the story. At what point would torture have been appropriate? Yeah, at what point would she have gotten away with that? Can you imagine if he like said like, oh, go to bio one and then bio 101. And then she like stuck something in his leg. Everyone would be like, what the hell? Yeah, they'd be like, just leave the class. She'd be like, and that's macrobiology. (laughs) (laughs) They giggle. And he says, you do realize you're dating a reformed serial killer, right? That's going to come back to bite you later. Yeah, that joke is not going to age well. (laughs) (laughs) Maddie said that. (laughs) She says, well, what would a hero do? And he says, I don't know. (laughs) He says, why are you asking me? (laughs) And then she says, Stefan? Because she sees Stefan, but he reads that as like, oh, what would Stefan do? And Damon says, I don't know, probably mope at him. Good read. You know your brother is suffering right now. Well, he has to hide it from Elena. I know, we're joking. And he's got to do a little joke. He's physically incapable of not doing a little joke. And he is correct at this current time, Stefan is probably moping. Well, I'd mope too. Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't earn the mope, but that doesn't mean he's not doing it. I would certainly be moping, as (laughs) Stefan is. Elena says, no, Stefan's here right now. And Damon says, what? No, Damon... Damon, spit it out. Act quicker, King. It doesn't take that long to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Silas says, turn off your phone. Damon starts to be like, oh, Elena, that's not. And then she hangs up. She she didn't hear that at all. Yeah. And Silas says, you know, I know you're upset I didn't call. So I just wanted to apologize in person. And she hugs him. She says, never do that again, okay? I thought something terrible happened to you. Silas is like giggling, giggling. He's like, it did. <laughs> something terrible is happening to him. He says, well, something terrible did happen to me. You fell in love with my brother. She says, ouch. You ouch. Him ouch. (laughs) He says, you can't blame me for needing a little space. And she says, I know. Uh, Where'd you go? He says, it's not important. I'm sure Damon will fill you in eventually. And she says, wait, you talked to Damon? I just spoke to him and he didn't really say anything. He is just building a little gap here immediately. Oh, yeah. Silas is very good at finding a crack and exploiting it. Yeah. And using the fact that they're not talking to each other to his full advantage. Silas says, oh, that's weird. Maybe he just has his hands full with the whole Jeremy situation. And Elena says, what Jeremy situation? And Silas says, oh, no big deal. Just that he got expelled. Says, <laughs> <laughs> <Does he> expect? <laughs> Silas says, oh, yeah. Then, you know, Damon and Jeremy got in this fight. And then Jeremy bolted. And Elena says, how do I not know about this? Where's Jeremy? And Silas says, well, that's why I'm here. I was hoping you would know. Fantastic. Nice spin, Silas. Playing her like a fiddle. He nails it every time. We go over to a gas station. Matt parks his car at the, you know, gas pump. And Catherine says, oh, thank God we're stopping. I need to get out of the car. And Matt says, well, you can't, because once we get gas, we're getting back on the road. 
And Catherine says, I am dying back here. So like, sorry, sucks to be you. Sorry, road trips are hard for everyone. (laughs) Welcome to humanity. Jeremy says, you're not getting out of the car because you want an aspirin. And she says, well, maybe I can get out of the car because I need to pee in a bathroom like a lady. Tell her to pee her pants. You can get the car detailed. Get her a diaper. I don't know what to tell you. Put a pee pad down. Yeah, literally. Jeremy gets out and unties her and he says, hurry. And she says, also, (laughs) while I'm making demands, my throat is really scratchy and my head hurts like right here. And when I cough, it's green. So get me some stuff for all of that. Yeah, because she's like, whatever the fuck you guys make for that now, because I assume you do. Yeah, I've never had to take anything. I don't know what NyQuil is, but I've heard great things about NyQuil. Jeremy says, Silas knows I'm with you, so I can't risk being seen. And then Catherine turns to Matt and says, please. And Matt says, fine. He goes in. Catherine goes to the bathroom. Matt grabs some medicine, goes to the cashier. And then the cashier spots Catherine walking away from the bathroom. And Jeremy's like turned away, like as if he's not watching anything. Yeah, no one was watching Catherine to make sure she didn't like run away or anything. Mm -hmm. You guys were just letting her go to the bathroom. Stupid. I know she's not that fast, but she is squirrely. So the cashier spots Catherine. He says, hey, is that Elena Gilbert or Catherine Pierce? Now, Matt, just say, oh, Elena Gilbert. Yeah. Ta-da. Ta-da. Crisis averted. But no. He might still call Silas, but you can try. But instead, Matt says, Jeremy, Catherine. And the cashier's like, oh, so it's Catherine. Uh, So the cashier grabs a gun. Catherine starts running away from Jeremy, but Jeremy goes after her. Meanwhile, Matt grabs the cashier's gun and knocks him out with it. It's Slay. It's it's a little sexy. I'll say it. Yeah, even I can admit I'm not too much of a Matt Donovan hater to be too I'm proud. I'm not too proud to say. Jeremy grabs Catherine and he says, stop running. Then we go back to Elena and Caroline's dorm. Damon comes in and Caroline's just standing there in a towel. And she says, Damon, towel, knock. And he says, Caroline, no one cares. No. This is actually one of the few things I've seen on my Explore page. Yeah, it's a popular little scene. It's goofy, <laughs> it's silly, it's fun. Yeah. He says, where's Elena? Karen says, I don't know. She probably went to the bonfire to get intel on her weirdo professor. And Damon says, Silas is here. He's with Elena pretending to be Stefan. Get dressed. And Caroline says, wait, hold on. I thought Stefan dropped his body in the quarry. And Damon says, yeah, join the club. Get dressed. Damon's like, I don't have time to explain this all to you. Just know that Silas is here and he looks like Stefan. That's the only information you need at the moment. Suffice it to say, he didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we need to figure out why quite yet. Caroline says, oh my God, Elena was right. All summer she's had this pit in her stomach about Stefan. She just said she had this like weird feeling that something was wrong with him. And Damon's like, wow, okay, so I'm a bitch. Damon's like, yeah, she told me that too. I ignored it. He says, put some clothes on and meet me out there. We have to find her. We go out to the quad, check in on Silas and Elena. Silas is on the phone, but he hangs up and he says, Jeremy's still not answering. You know, I'm going to hold on to your phone in case he calls back. And she's like, cool. What, like she can't answer the phone? Yeah. Elena says, why are you so worried about him? Silas says, well, Damon made a mess and I want to clean it up. And Elena says, did he really think I wasn't going to find out? And Silas says, he's Damon. Are you surprised? No, Silas, that is so unnecessary. He is being so anti-Damon. Why do you think Silas is so anti-Damon? Because, you know, I feel like he wants to root for his doppelganger in a way. Like, he's still a guy who believes in love. He's a Stelena shipper. I I would, because, you know, he's a guy who believes in true love. He wants to get reunited with his lady love. And his doppelganger had true love that his brother stole. I mean, I'm sure there's a good chance there's a, a raw reasoning for that. It wouldn't be crazy if there's another brother pair be, like fighting over a girl. I mean, let's be honest. It happens all the time. Elena says, you know, I just figured we were at a place where he wouldn't have to lie to me. Uh, but I probably shouldn't be talking about this with you. And Silas says, it's okay. I know exactly what you're thinking. Because he can read her mind. Yeah. Silas is like, no, you should say everything. It would be great for me. And then Silas gets a text on his phone that says, Catherine Pierce, Route 9. And he says, sorry, I don't mean to cut this short, but someone just said they saw Jeremy on Route 9. You know where he might be going? And Elena says, Route 9? There's this old campsite we used to go to when we were kids. Wait, who texted you? (laughs) Yeah. She's like, who texted you he's on Route 9? Like, how do you have that many people looking for him? Like, that's, it's weird. And then Damon approaches the quad and looks around. And he runs into Silas. So at this point, we don't know what Silas did with Elena. But Silas says, hello, brother. Oh, but I suppose distant nephew is more accurate. He's giggling, giggling. He's laughing. Damon grabs his throat and says, hey, where the hell's Elena? And Silas says, hey, no need for violence, Damon. And he gets Damon to take his hand off his throat. Silas says, you'll find her eventually. You know, I get why you like her. I have a soft spot for brunettes, too. What I don't get is why she likes you. 
That's right for brunettes. I feel like that's worth clocking. What do you think that's worth clocking for? Because I'm assuming whoever he was in love with was a brunette. Sure. Whether that be the original Petrova or some other brunette lady. Or somehow connected to Nadia or someone else. Sure. Sure. Good point. Interesting. Silas says, what I don't get is why she likes you. Damon says, because you haven't had sex with me. It's like, okay. Okay, Damon, you didn't really win that one. He's still going to come for your whole personality. Yeah, and then Silas says, oh, cockiness masking fear. How transparent. (laughs) And Damon's like, shut Damon said, oh, what the fuck? (laughs) If you keep making breakthroughs like that, I'm going to have to give you my insurance card and a copay. (laughs) (laughs) Damon says, you expecting to believe you came all this way just to talk to her? And Silas says, well, no, that doesn't really make much sense, does it? But (laughs) he's so funny with it. He says, but if I told you exactly what I did, then that would ruin the fun. Enjoy the bonfire. Then he leaves. Later at the bonfire, it's nighttime. The fire's going. Caroline's walking in with Damon. And Caroline says, why would Silas want to hurt her? And Damon says, because he wants to hurt me. Let's think critically, Damon. That doesn't make sense of Silas's motivation. Like that's a side quest at best. Why, Why would he care that much about you? He has no actual reason for hurting Elena. He just wanted to know something from Elena. Yeah. Use your critical thinking skills about what that might be, Damon. Of course, he does tell Elena to kill Damon, so maybe he does want to hurt him a little bit. I mean, he wants to hurt anyone for fun, but that's not his main motivation. Yeah. And we should say when they walk up to the bonfire, it's playing that- uh, You gotta let it burn, 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 burn. 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 Called like fire. Is it Ellie Golding? I actually don't know. I was thinking that when I was listening to it. I don't know who sings it, I'm but I recognize the sure song. I'm pretty sure it's Ellie Golding. Let me it sounds like Ellie sure. Golding. Fantastic song for Bonfire. No nuance, just it's a song about burning. Caroline says, you know, if you just would have told the truth, all this could have been avoided. And Damon says, thank you, Caroline. Your hindsight is invaluable in this situation. (laughs) He's like, obviously, I can see that now. I mean, what do you want me to do? Yeah, we're here. Then Damon runs into a guy and the guy says, watch where you're going, douche. And it's like, what's your problem, buddy? He ran into you for one second. Get over it. You're at a party where people are drunk. And also this guy he runs into, by the way, looks about 40 years old. He does not go to college. He snuck into this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's mad because no one's paying attention to him because they're like, who is that old dude? Yeah. He like went to visit his frat house for the weekend and he thought he still passed as a college student. And it's becoming increasingly clear that he doesn't. So he's having a hard night. So this was just the final straw for him. (laughs) Damon says, have you seen Elena Gilbert? And the guy says, I have no idea who that is. I love that one. Because, like, obviously when they were in high school, everyone knows who Elena is. It's a small town. But this guy's like, who the fuck is that? I don't know who fucking Elena Gilbert is. She started school here two days ago. Why would I know who that is? (laughs) But then the guy says, and if I were her, I'd probably run from you, too. Hits a sore spot. (laughs) (laughs) Unnecessary, but he got him. Damon says, wrong answer. And then he grabs his throat. And then Caroline steps in. She frees the guy and she compels him. She's like, hey, forget all this and leave. And she turns to Damon and she says, you need to calm down. Damon says, he turned an entire town square into a hunting party for Catherine. How am I supposed to calm down when every single person here could be working for Silas? A little dramatic, but I get being paranoid. Yeah, I mean, it's better to be paranoid than not, but like, you don't need to be mean to every single person. You can just ask some questions. Meanwhile, we catch up with Elena, who is not in danger. She's simply at a keg. Yeah, she's just at the keg. She's been having fun tonight. She doesn't know what just happened. She's just at the bonfire. Yeah, she's hanging out. She's having issues with the beer and then Jesse approaches and there's a music sting they play and she jumps. It's like, oh, are we supposed to be scared of this guy now? I think it's like, we don't know who it is at first. Mm -hmm. But why would Silas come up to the keg? I mean, be serious. And Jesse says, oh, I got that. And then he fills up her beer for her. True chivalry. She chugs it all the way down and he says, whoa. (laughs) And she says, boyfriend drama. And he says, wow, boyfriend drama kicked out of class. Today's not your day. (laughs) You got her there. (laughs) And she says, what's his deal anyway? And Jesse says, Dr. Dickfield, you know a professor is awful when there's no finesse to his nickname. They just put Dick in it. You know he's mean. (laughs) They could have just called him Dr. Dick and it would have done the same thing. But they still added Field so they made it abundantly clear who you were talking about. (laughs) Yes. It's like, oh, this guy must be mean, mean. Because if you really hate, like, if you hate a professor, you're just like, oh my God, I hate, like, and- you use their first name where you use like a 
shortened version of their last name. To change it with Dick in it, you've been fought. I know his rate. My professor reviews are in the toilet. Yes. He got his chili pepper revoked. Yeah. <laughs> because th- he had a chili pepper, but he's been getting one stars like all the time. And they're like, you know, we can't give you the chili pepper. I mean, people give like the meanest review you've ever se- seen, but also add a chili pepper because like I have to be objective here. I have to respect the chili pepper. I'm not too proud. <laughs> <laughs> he's hot, but he is a dick. <laughs> Elena says, oh, yeah, him. And Jesse says, you know, tell you what. Help me grab some more firewood and I'll tell you everything you need to know. Does this guy work for the college? Like, why is he always, why is he having to get the firewood? I mean, I assume he's like in a frat and his frat is throwing this or something. Oh, sure. I mean, that's my guess. He just seems very involved in too many activities. Like, he was yeah. handing out the flyers for the party. He's stoking the fire here. I mean. It's another reason to be suspicious of him. And it's also like, if he is indeed in the frat, he's got to be at least a junior, given that he's an applied microbiology. Why is he doing all this work? That's pledge work. He's just a good guy, maybe. Doubtful. Reasons to be suspicious. I said it while we're watching. I'll say it again. If I'm a vampire, I don't care who asks me. If someone asks me to go get something involving wood, no. That's like the way to kill me is a wood stake. Why am I going to go get wood with you? Yeah. Number one, I'm not going to a secondary location. And number two, I'm not going to a secondary location whose chief export is wood. (laughs) It's not even suspicious to not follow him because like I'm a freshman in college at a bonfire. Why would I go carry wood? I'm flirting with the people who are holding wood by the fire so I can throw it in, but I'm not carrying it from a shed. Jesse is likely at least a junior, maybe a senior. We've seen him hang out with no other people. He's just obsessed with these two freshman girls. It's suspicious. And like, yes, they're both very beautiful. But they both have told him he they have boyfriends. So honestly, he could go find other hot freshman girls who are more DTF. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty. And respect to them. All in all, he's suspicious. That's the thesis of all those. They go to some shed full of wood. Jesse says, I had Dr. Maxfield for a few classes last year. He's a jerk, but brilliant, so I give him a pass. Did I have to come all the way to the shed to hear this? You could have told me this by the keg. Oh, he's a jerk? I think I got that from you calling him Dr. Dickfield, thanks. Yeah. Jesse picks up a big stick with a pointy end at this point. And he's, like, swinging it. He's just gesturing with it. Yeah, like, Uh (laughs) which they're doing on purpose, obviously. (laughs) Elena says, yeah, brilliant and creepy. And then Jesse says, well, there's a rumor he's part of a secret society on campus. Not so secret if this guy knows about it. Yeah. (laughs) And if he's telling freshman girls about it. He's making this up. (laughs) Elena says, oh, what? Like middle-aged men at an elk lodge? Great way to throw off suspicion and not be like, what's secret society? Yeah. Is it about (laughs) vampires? (laughs) Jesse says, I have no idea. All I know is a few times a week, they supposedly meet at Whitmore House, but you didn't hear that from me. What can they possibly have to meet about multiple times a week? A few times a week? How many? Three? A few implies at least three. That means there are multiple vampires on campus that they know about already. Yeah. (laughs) Then Damon appears and knocks Jesse out really quickly. And Elena says, oh, what the hell? And Caroline says, seriously, that's Jesse. I kind of liked him. Emphasis on kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Then we go out to the campsite. Catherine is sitting by a fire. She's looking at Matt's gun. Jeremy says, don't even think about it. I mean, you don't need to leave the gun out, though. Yeah. You can hold on to it. Hold on to it. Catherine says, please, like, I wouldn't even know how to use it. I've never shot a gun in my life. I've never needed to. I was much more deadly. And Jeremy says, keyword was. And she says, I know that. She said, I'm aware of the keyword. <laughs> Matt says, okay, I'm going to go get some wood for the fire. I'll be right back. Catherine says, mostly to herself, but to Jeremy as well. She says, I survived childbirth, the death of my entire family, and 500 years of running from an immortal hybrid. You can understand why I'm a little upset that I'm on the verge of being defeated by a sinus infection. Yeah, that's got to hurt. That's tough. Jeremy gives her a blanket. She's like, oh, nice. He's like, wow, he's nice to me. Even though I did kind of kill him. (laughs) In the woods, Matt's walking with a lantern and Silas approaches. And Silas says, not a word out of you. You can't talk. You can't scream. Matt says, "Mm, actually, I can. (laughs) Matt's like, think again, bitch. (laughs) And it's unclear why at first, but Matt really quickly says, Jeremy, run. Jeremy and Catherine, they start to run. And Silas says, why can't I get inside your head? It's because there's nothing in there. Yes. <laughs> You're in there, buddy. It's empty. Can't get inside an empty room. Uh, just kidding. He gets closer. He grabs Matt's head and looks into his mind and sees flashes of Nadia and that spell that happened last episode. And Silas says, now I see why. Somebody's already in there. 
And then he says, why are you watching me, traveler? And then he speaks some kind of language like Czech or something else. It sounds Czech to me. I don't know if it's actually Czech. Sure. It sounded kind of Russian to me. Yeah. Something Eastern European. Yeah. So he speaks whatever language the travelers were speaking. And then he snaps Matt's neck. Matt falls to the ground, but we see he has the Gilbert ring. So we're not worried about him. And then we see him like wake up and look around the woods. And it's like a little foggy. Yeah. A little more blue. (laughs) Yeah. It's clearly like either a dream or the other side. Because we already knew from Alaric's time with the ring that when you die, you do briefly go to the other side, which is how Alaric ended up in the situation that eventually killed him. Because mm-hmm. Esther kept talking to him. Yeah. On his little walks. Oh, and then Matt says, Jeremy. And then he sees Jeremy and Catherine run, but they can't hear him. So he's like, what? So then it's pretty clear to the rest of us that he's on the other side. And then to make it even more clear, Bonnie appears. She says, freaky, isn't it? The feeling, void, the emptiness. And Matt says, uh, Bonnie, what's going on? Where am I? And she says, oh, you're on the other side. The Gilbert Ring brought you here when you died. That's how it works. It temporarily brings your spirit here. To go back, you have to reconnect to your body. Sure. Yeah. He says, my body's not even here. And she says, yeah, because each time you die, you wake up further from it and you wander the other side till you find it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> Matt says, wait, if I'm on the other side, how can you see me? Do some thinking, buddy. And she says, well, there's something you should know. (laughs) She's like, well, I guess I finally have to tell someone about this. Then we go back over to the dorm. Damon and Elena have arrived. And Damon says, hey, Elena, like before you get mad. And she says, mad can wait. Sit. And she puts him on a chair. She's just straddling him and kissing him. And it's like, Elena, is now the time? It is like, you know, it's not a fur cry from Elena, you know, because she Mm -hmm. is a little slut. But at the same time, it's like not really what she would be doing in this situation because it's like she would be pissed about this whole situation and she'd want to talk about it first. Yeah. He says, Elena, wait. And then she like rips his shirt. And he says, you know, as much as I'd like to do this right now. But he falls for it because he's nothing but a man. At the end of the day, he's just a man. And then she takes out a water bottle, forces vervain water down his throat, and then he coughs it onto his bare chest. And while he is, you know, weakened, she ties him to the chair with some clothes. Now, how he can't get out of that, I don't know, but... (laughs) But fine. Damon says, Silas got into your head, didn't he? What did Stefan tell you to do? And she says, get you alone, weaken you, and then kill you. She picks up a field hockey stick and breaks it in half. That's her stake. Why either of them have a field hockey stick? It's unclear. Maybe it was Megan's. Maybe it was Megan's. I don't know. In this case, now it is a stake. She feeds him some more vervain water and gets the steak ready, but then he spits vervain water on her. Quick thinking. And that kind of knocks her out of the trance for a brief moment. She says, oh my God, Damon, I'm so sorry. What's happening? And he says, well, you were in some sort of Silas trance, but I think you snapped out of it. She says, Silas? And he says, before you ask, no, he's not in the quarry. It's a common misconception. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, he's out. (laughs) I should have told you that already. I didn't. This is where we are. This is where we're at. He says, actually, you talked to him today. And Elena says, how's that possible? I was in a crowd full of people. Like, I hugged him. I was talking to him about my life and about, and Damon says, me? I bet he had some choice words to say. All he said was, like, Elena hooked up with you pretty quick after him. Like, I mean, that wasn't. Wasn't anything. Wasn't anything untrue. (laughs) Pretty much statement of fact. Elena says, if that was Silas, then what happened to Stefan? Where is he? And Damon says, can we talk about this when you don't have that murdery look in your eyes? And Elena says, you know, you're right. Every time I look at you, all I want to do is kill you. Damon says, "Uh, that must be Silas's mind control, I hope. (laughs) He's using your anger at me like a trigger. You have to resist it. And she says, I'm trying. And then she throws the stake to the ground. She gets to a chair and she stabs herself. She stabs her leg into the chair with like a fireplace poker. Yeah, because, hey, pain worked the first time to bring out of the trance. Why not try again? And she says, tell me what's going on. Then we go back over to the shed where Caroline's taking care of Jesse. She brings him a popsicle. She says, sorry, this is all I can find out there. She puts it on his head. She says, sorry, my friend went aggro. He's got anger issues. Fair enough. He sure does. And Jesse says, yeah, and a serious right hook. But hey, it got us alone together, so that's a win. Jesse, get up. Yeah, get up. Get out of here. He pushes her hair behind her ear. And she says, I have a boyfriend. She doesn't, but she's <laughs> uncomfortable. In this it's situation. a little untrue. She just hasn't let go of him yet. Jesse says, oh, and where is he other than not here? And Caroline says, well, he was supposed to be here. He deferred a semester. And she says, you don't have to say anything. I know how these things go. People go to school and they drift apart. And Jesse says, yeah, and sometimes they don't. And she says, exactly. She says, you're so right. Sometimes they don't. 
And he says, you know, and sometimes they change, but what you had still means something. And she said, absolutely. She's like, this guy gets it. And he says, and sometimes when you're thinking all those things, your girlfriend is moving on and sleeping with someone back home and has no intention of getting back with you. And she's like, oh, so we're past me. Huh? So this is so this feels personal. <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> he says, eh, it was a while ago. And honestly, until the worst actually happened, I wouldn't listen to anybody tell me otherwise. I could always find an excuse. So I get it. She smiles, puts the popsicle back on his face. You had a guess about his girlfriend while we were watching that we might know her. I mean, the fact that he mentions his girlfriend, there's a good chance it's someone we've met or know of or will meet. Just, I, you know, you don't drop those things for no reason. Hey, maybe it was Haley. Then we go back out to the woods. Jamie and Catherine get back to Matt's truck. He gives her the keys and he says, get in the truck and drive. And she's like, oh, where are you going? And he says, well, I can't leave Matt. And she says, how do you think I survived 500 years? It wasn't because I was a vampire. It was because I never looked back. Don't be dumb. Survive. And she does have a point there. I mean, surviving 500 years is not easy as a vampire either. Just because you're immortal doesn't mean you automatically survive. Well, and I mean, I get that he doesn't want to leave Matt behind, but Matt's already dead. Silas isn't going to go back and kill Matt again. And if he does, he's got the ring. It's just like, it feels like the best way to protect Matt is to get you and Catherine away so that Silas starts following you. Yeah. Jeremy says, you know, that's why people treat you like an object and not like a person. And he leaves. It's like, oh, my God. He's just going to drop that and go. (laughs) Ouch. Jeremy doesn't usually get like deep reads into people, but this one he ate. Uh, You know, post death, I think he's been hardened. He had to watch his sister burn his body with the house. I mean, he's not afraid to say what he's thinking anymore. Yeah, he's not afraid to tell like it is. Then over on the other side, Bonnie's talking to Matt. She says, you know, it actually hasn't been so bad. I have Jeremy and I see Graham sometimes. Last night with my dad was the first really hard time. So I'll be okay. I just have to get past these next few days. And Matt says, Bonnie, you don't have to pretend like it's okay. Your dad died and you died. It's not okay. Yeah, Matt's like, you died. It's okay that you're emotional about that. Like You're allowed to be upset. And she says, well, it has to be okay because there's nothing I can do about it. And he says, I'm sorry. They hug. She cries. She really needed this. She just needed to talk to someone other than Jeremy for just to feel (laughs) like she knows someone else, you know? Exactly. Then we go back into the woods. Jeremy finds Matt's body and he lifts up his hand and looks at the ring. And Silas approaches. He says, now, if my best friend died, I'd at least pretend to cry, which leads me to believe he's not really dead. I take it that tacky ring somehow protects him. Good read. That was me in the first episode of The Vampire Diaries. I'm like, those tacky rings have to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy says, too bad you can't get in my head to find out for sure. Hunter's perk. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, I buy that. Feels like it would have been an oversight if he could get into the heads of hunters. Yeah. Get Sia 8 making the five. Yeah, she was thinking there. Silas says, see, that's what you don't get. When I can read your mind, I at least have use for you. Now I'm just going to kill you. Again. Jeremy says, you can try, but none of your abilities work on me. So right now you're nothing. You're slower than a vampire and you're weaker than a vampire. I, on the other hand, am a hunter. Then he picks up an axe and he says, plus I work out. (laughs) He throws the axe. He's sexy to me. (laughs) I don't care that that was kind of dumb. It was cute to me. I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) Jeremy, something works for me with him. I know not, not everyone is on my side. In fact, few are. But you know what? If it works for you, it works for you. That's all I'm here standing. So Jeremy throws the axe at Silas, but he dodges it. They tussle a bit. They're pretty evenly matched. Silas heads butt him, but Jeremy chokes him out. Then Silas has, so Jeremy's behind Silas choking him. And Silas says, you know what? You might be stronger than me, but you're forgetting. I'm immortal. And he takes the stick and stabs himself to stab Jeremy behind him. Yeah, that was a sick move. And I got nervous again because I was like, Jeremy, better not fucking die again. (laughs) I can't do this every week. I can't do it again. (laughs) Stop putting him in danger. (laughs) Just let him hang out. He's done enough. (laughs) Jeremy falls to the ground. He's not dead, but he is pretty weak. So Mm -hmm. Silas grabs the axe to finish the job. And he like, you know, gets it ready to go. But then he gets shot. And we see it's Catherine with the gun. She's working on a team, baby. She's got allies now. You kind of need an ally if you're a human. Yeah, It was just smart thinking on her, but but still, she did it. Jeremy says, I thought you said you didn't know how to use that. And she says, I figured it out. And she shoots Silas again. Yeah, she said it wasn't actually that complicated, it turns out. Yeah. Pretty much point and click. 
And then Silas falls down, dead for the moment. We go back over to the dorm. Elena and Damon are, you know, chatting from their chairs. Elena says, poor Bonnie. She must have tried to call me right after Silas stole my phone. Has anyone talked to her? Is she okay? It's okay. She did try to call you. Yeah, don't worry. You didn't miss a call. You didn't miss a call. Damon says, honestly, I don't know. (laughs) He says, I've had more important things to worry about. And she says, my best friend's dad died. That's pretty damn important. And he's like, okay, but can we remember which dad it was? Like, yes, he was your best friend's dad, but it was also Rudy. Yeah. And Damon says, yeah, it's important. But look at the other things I have on my plate that do all rank above Rudy's death, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Protecting Jeremy, finding Stefan, and figuring out what Silas wants with Catherine. Damon's like, unfortunately, I'm pretty booked up. And Elena says, I just left. What is wrong with you? And he's like, I didn't choose all this to happen this week. He's like, it all happened immediately after you left. That's not my fault. That's just bad timing. Damon says, you're getting angry at me again, Elena. Remember, that's like a trigger. And Elena says, my brother got expelled. Now, Damon, now might be the time to say, actually, he didn't. I talked it down to a suspension. Yeah. It's really not that deep. This is very low stakes. And it's not Damon's fault he got expelled. Like, yeah, maybe you want him to tell you, but like, Jeremy's still the one who got in a fight. And let's, yeah, let's talk about why he got expelled. Because he got in a fight with some bullies. Like, it's not like he got expelled for no reason. Yeah. But Elena's not here to ask questions that would help her at this point. Elena says, you've got him playing White Knight to Catherine, who tried to kill me repeatedly. And Stefan's been suffering for months while I've been rolling around with you, a self-proclaimed serial killer. Damon's like, well, that was just a little bit that I was doing. He said, I was really kind of joking about that one. And he's like, yeah, obviously this is uncomfortable for me too, but like, it's not my fault that we didn't know Stefan was like in the bottom of the koi. Obviously it's unfortunate. Obviously, if I had known this, I would have done something. But I found out last week, which, you know, in the grand scheme was probably like two days ago. Like, if yeah. even that. Like, give him a second. But then she pulls out the gas line because if there's one thing Elena likes to do is burn buildings down. Yeah. Which the, I like that the gas line also confirms that not only do they have a fireplace in their dorm room, it's a working fireplace. What kind of fucking college is this? <laughs> How many people did they have to compel to get this room? <laughs> Damon says, stop, you don't really want to kill me, Elena. You have to realize this before you're going to break Silas's compulsion. And Elena says, I can't. All I can think about is killing you. Sorry. And he's like, okay, well, that's not super productive. Damon says, well, you're going to have to think about something stronger than your desire to kill me, or you're going to kill us both. Elena finds a matchbook. Good thing is she's really bad at lighting matches, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Because she doesn't get one going. So Damon says, oh, Stefan, think about Stefan. Caroline told me you'd been worried about him, that you had a pit in your stomach. Tell me about it. She said, no, can't do that. He says, no, think about him. The feelings you're getting, describe it to me. And she says, it's like a chill, okay? I can't explain it, but I can feel him. And while she says this, we see him again drowning in the safe. Doing his thing. On his (laughs) drowning-ish. She says, he's trying to reach out to me, but I don't know where he is. And I can't understand what he's trying to say, but I know he's scared, lonely, and in a lot of pain. We have to find him. Damon says, I agree. Damon's like, you're preaching to the choir here. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't find him. He is my brother. I was looking for him earlier today. (laughs) Damon says, we will, I swear. And then she says, oh my God, the rage, it's gone. She drops the matches. And then Caroline returns to the room and sees them like in their chairs with the gas. (laughs) And she's like, girl, what the fuck is this? She said, okay, I think we need to set some ground rules when boyfriends come to visit. (laughs) It's a fun little line. (laughs) It is a fun little line. Then we go back over to the other side. Matt's walking with Bonnie and he says, I think someone moved my body. He says, it's weird, but I can feel it. Like I'm drawn to it. And Bonnie, Bonnie says, there it is. It's like two feet from them. It's like right in front of them. <laughs> like they're walking right towards it. It's like two feet away. And he's like, I can't explain it. I feel like I, I feel like I know someone moved my body. We can see it in the truck. <laughs> it's funny. I know it's just camera angles, but it made me giggle. Well, it's just, you know, reminding us that they're drawn to their body, like, he was walking aimlessly towards his body, whatever. But it is funny that yeah. Bonnie's like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> and he's just laying there. It's in the back of the truck and Jeremy and Catherine are there too. And Matt says, so if this happens every single time I die with the Gilbert ring, the second I go back, that means I'll forget about all of this. I'll forget you're dead. Because we know that Alaric never remembered talking to Esther. Mm-hmm. His famous undoing. <laughs> Wish he had. <laughs> yeah. And then Matt says, Bonnie, you and Jeremy can't keep this a secret anymore. I'm sorry your dad died. I know it's hard, but how are you going to deal with his death if you can't deal with your own? And Bonnie's like, well, shut up. 
She said, I don't really care about that. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and ignore that comment. She said, well, you're going to forget. So I actually don't have to take any advice from you. Yeah. Your demands really don't matter. She says, you know, it's good to see you, Matt. (laughs) Then Matt goes to his body. He touches it. And then he gasps awake. Jeremy and Catherine see him. And Catherine says, welcome back to the land of the living. Bonnie walks away. Matt says, what the hell happened? And Jeremy says, Silas killed you. And he tried to kill me. And then and Catherine says, I shot him. So we're even. Catherine's like, I shot him. I shot a gun. It was fun. She says, okay, no more whining. Let's go. Silas won't be down long. Then Jeremy spots Bonnie in the distance looking back. And he says, oh, I left the hatchet. I'll be right back. He goes up to her, which, by the way, is about six to eight feet away from them. And he just stands and talks to her and doesn't pick up a hatchet. Yeah, doesn't even bend over. So it's funny to think of Catherine and Matt just looking at him like, what's he doing? Is he looking for the hatchet? He goes to Bonnie and says, hey, you okay? And she says, I'm not ready to be dead yet, Jeremy. Like, maybe I will be one day, but it's not today. And I don't know what I'm going to do about my dad, what to do when the sheriff calls me, because she's going to call me. She probably already has, but... You kind of don't have to worry about that, because, like, you can't answer the phone. So, like, you can worry about, like, facing your own mortality, but, like, there's not really a point of worrying about where the phone call is going to go. Yeah, logistics (laughs) are not really what you need to be worrying about. Jeremy says, look, it's okay, we'll get through this. I can tell everybody you're with family that it was too hard for you to be here. I might not be able to touch you or hold you, but I'm here for you, no matter what you need. You're the only one. Yeah, and at a certain point, like, aren't Caroline and Elena going to be like, okay, why are you, is she only talking to Jeremy? Yeah, and also, like, why are we only getting emails? Like, doesn't she want to talk to us on the phone after this major life event happened? Yeah. Why hasn't she started college with us? Like, the questions are going to start piling up. I don't know how long she thinks she can get away with this. I think she's just hoping... Like, I think she's like, I'll get away with it as long as I get away with it. And then I'll deal with it when I come to it, Mm -hmm. which seems to be what she's doing. But they're going to figure out eventually. She starts to walk away. Then we go back to the gas station from earlier. Silas walks in and he sees his friend, the cashier. Cashier says, did you find that girl you were looking for? And Silas says, yes, I did. She shot me. So I am a little bit angry and a little bit hungry. Luckily, you can help out with one of those things. He grabs a pocket knife and a cup. Like a big gulp cup. Like a big gulp (laughs) cup. And he says, all right, fill her up. And the cashier cuts his wrist and starts filling a cup of blood. It's so funny. I mean, I know he explained why he likes to do this, but it's so funny that he always puts it in a cup. Yeah. He's silly goofy. (laughs) He's like the kind of guy who has a bunch of cups on his nightstand. (laughs) (laughs) A guy walks in with Nadia. It's the guy who helped her with the spell last episode. We Mm -hmm. don't know his name, I don't think. And I don't think we will. Yeah. And Silas says, oh, goody, gypsies are here. Oh, I'm sorry. You call yourself travelers now, right? Much more PC. So that tells us a little bit about these people. We know that they're called travelers. You referred to them as travelers earlier also. Mm -hmm. We don't know much about travelers except that they can do some kind of magic and they're Eastern European. Yeah, they're somehow gypsy connected although of course that's not the appropriate term romani connected romani yeah but it does it has an implication about like being nomads stealing uh a closed society yes things like that so that's kind of what we can expect from the travelers based on what we know so far yeah that's my read on the situation Mm -hmm. the guy says you can call me whatever you want when i'm gutting you and silas says okay i see you're mad i killed your blonde haired blue-eyed host That's what you get for taking over somebody's body to spy on me. But congrats, you found me. So now what? And the guy says, well, we want you back in that tomb sealed away for eternity. And Nadia said, that's what the travelers have always wanted. So yet another group that wants to keep Silas in this tomb. How did you all get outsmarted by Elena, Damon, Stefan, and Rebecca? Come on, guys. And Atticus Shane. Atticus Shane, really? It's embarrassing. Maybe a new goal might be helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Call this one a loss. (laughs) Nadia says, that's what the travelers have always wanted. But then she stabs her friend in the neck and he dies. As a knife to the neck tends to do. Yeah. Nadia says, luckily for you, I've never really considered myself one. I know you can see inside my mind and I have my own agenda. And he says, yes, I see that you do. What do you think Nadia's agenda is? I mean, that's a great question. Did I think about this before you asked? No. This is a tough question. I do remember what I'm not going to say anything. Okay. This is a tough question. I think it will be hard to guess. Okay. Well, (laughs) watch me do it. Um, Just kidding. (laughs) I mean, I think it's clear that she's open to working with Silas on something. And she just understands that these people know how to track him down. And she's notably working with travelers who are able to kind of spy on people in that way. Mm -hmm. 
So it may that maybe that she wants to combine that kind of like ability to spy on people with Silas's mind control to do something. Maybe like remotely mind control people. Sure. Like a little remote control cut, but from like miles away. Sure. That I mean, that's my only thought. I mean, we know she was in Europe and she stole the Gilbert ring just to bring it back to like get Matt when he was in Mystic Falls. I don't know if the Gilbert ring has something to do with it. If there's some level of like, maybe she also wants the other side down to connect her with someone, maybe travelers are supernatural in their own way. Maybe she wants to be able to travel into the other side or travel between the sides freely, something like that. That's a good guess. I did find some threads there to pull. We'll see if they were worth pulling. We go back over to Whitmore College. Elena is packing up Damon's car. She she made it a total of three days in college. <laughs> she really nailed it. She says to Caroline, I'll be back. I don't know when, but I'll be back. Caroline says, just call me the minute you hear from Bonnie. I've left her like 100 messages. Elena says, I will. I promise. They hug. And Caroline says, you're going to find him, Elena. And Elena says, I know. And they say bye. Caroline leaves. And up comes Dr. Maxfield. He says, I didn't think Elena Gilbert would give up so easily. And she says, how do you know my name? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, hey, Dick. Hey, Dr. Dickfield. He says, sorry about being a hard ass earlier. It's kind of my thing. Really diminishes uh, the power of being a hard ass if you immediately apologize for it. Yeah, exactly. Not so hard ass now. Just stick to your guns. He says, you're Grayson Gilbert's daughter, aren't you? She says, you knew my dad? And he says, knew of him. He's a legend around here. Brilliant. I've studied all his research. I can only hope to do the kind of work he did. Be an OBGYN? What do you think he's referring to, Grayson's research? This is kind of a joke, but also kind of not. Maybe Grayson was doing fucking eugenics on vampires somehow. Interesting. <laughs> like sterilizing vampires but also like vampires can't have babies anyway so maybe he just never had that information we have to assume that it's some connection to vampires that he would know of i think he's working at the university for other reasons which i think is why he was connected to grayson because i think grayson was also at the university i think he was just spreading his vampire hunting skills between the council and elsewhere apparently because there weren't really any vampires in mystic falls at the time that he was Mm -hmm. aware of do you think this secret society is real? And do you think Grayson was in that secret society? Yes. What do you think the secret society is? Vampire Haters Club? I think it was much like the Founders Council, that it's like protecting people from vampires on campus. But I'm guessing there's some more like medical connections to it somehow, like medical testing on vampires or something. Although who knows how Meredith Fell missed that club. Well, I bet they're sexist. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably true. I bet it's because she's a woman. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) This guy seems a little sexist. Yeah. So I think it's probably something connected to vampires, but maybe it's research on vampires or like something in that realm. Sure. Interesting. Elena says, oh, you mean he forged death certificates too? Which is obviously a gotcha to Dr. Maxfield, but also it's like, girl, you know your dad forged death certificates. He was on the council. Yeah. He forged your birth certificate. Yeah, we're getting (laughs) down to it. He's forging everything. He's a known forger, Grayson Gilbert. (laughs) Dr. Maxfield says, and here I thought you were just passionate about microbiology. He says, I have office hours tomorrow. Come by. We can chat. She says, "Mm, I would, but I have other important things on my plate right now. And he says, oh, well, let me know when that plate clears. It does feel like she should make that effort to come over here. Like Damon can kind of look for Stefan, but whatever. But he seems pretty like open-ended. Like he's not keeping this close to the chest. Yeah, he's like, hell yeah. You want to talk about vampires? Go ahead. Yeah. I think we talked about enough about what his deal is. Do you have anything else to say about what his deal is? I will say this potential, you know, the found, we don't want to do the same founders council again. It might be potential that he's kind of on the side of like connecting with vampires because he doesn't seem like thrown off by someone knowing this about him and wanting to talk about it. And he must know if she's, if he knows she's Grace and Gilbert Strato, he must know she's from Mystic Falls. Mm-hmm. So if he has any connection to vampires, he's probably aware of that. And it's not crazy that he would have known Atticus Shane in some way or another. They've been to faculty mixers together. They've been to faculty mixers. Although I I would guess that he would uh, look down on Atticus Shane pretty substantially. So they might just have never talked. He makes fun of him. No, he, he goes up to Atticus Shane and like invites him to a party that's not happening. And then he goes back to his other professor and he makes fun. And then they go sit outside a bar and see Atticus Shane sit alone. He's like a bully on campus. I know it. He's either a bully or he has no idea. Like, I think Shane knew him. I'm not sure he knew Shane. Shane's like, oh my God, Wes, you catch the game last night? And he's like, don't talk to me. (laughs) 
And he's like, come to my office hours. If, if a student asks a question, they have to come to my office hours. And he's like, no, I'm a professor. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, sure. Away. <laughs> he's like, yeah, and I'm the queen of Sheba. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think they were friends. But this, <laughs> we have to think about the potential that they maybe knew each other. Yeah, or they at least knew of each other. Mm-hmm. Dr. Maxfield leaves. And then Damon approaches and says, well, I guess that's how a hero would do it. Honesty. Who'd have thunk it? And then he says, are you the least bit curious about the whole Nancy Drew and the creepster professor thing? And Elena says, mm, Caroline will take over. I'm not sure she will. He seems set on gracing Gilbert's daughter. Yeah, that seems to have a sense of trust that he takes seriously. Yeah. But Elena says, look, I can't stay here knowing Stefan's out there somewhere. And Damon says, yeah, well. And then he holds out Stefan's daylight ring. And Elena says, oh my God, Stefan's daylight ring. <laughs> and Damon says, yeah, I snagged it from Silas yesterday. And for the record, I'm secure enough in our relationship that you having psychic dreams about your ex-boyfriend does not bother me. Sure. See, here's the thing, Damon. You had to say it. And also that sounds pretty rehearsed. Yeah, he practiced that in the mirror all morning. So I'm going to guess you're not secure enough. Because also I've met you. You're not exactly the king of security in any place in your life. Even at the when times are going great, you don't feel super secure. And also, not only is she having psychic news about her ex-boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend happens to be your brother. Yeah. Let's not forget that little piece of info. So we'll see how he continues to take this information. He says, but it still sucks. And then they kiss. She says, yeah, I love you. We're going to find Stefan. And I'm still going to love you, okay? And they continue to kiss. I know that guilt's a pretty strong feeling, Miss Girl. We'll have to see. Yeah, and you guys are spending a lot of time kissing. How about we go look for Stefan? (laughs) Stefan's drowning. He's drowned twice in the time you guys have been kissing. Damon gets a call from the sheriff. And she says, oh, we found something. We go out to the woods. And in the middle of the woods, the safe is there. And she says, we didn't find anything in the quarry, but a deputy found this a few miles away. We didn't open it. If Stefan's been in there for three months, chances are he's hungry. Damon opens it and they find a body. It is not Stefan. It is a dead human with a slit throat. It's pretty clear when they say we haven't opened it yet. I'm like, well, Stefan's not in there. Yeah. <laughs> Elena says, that's not Stefan, in case we can't tell. <laughs> and Damon says, you're right. He was hungry. I bet he still is. And that's where we end the episode. So I have to ask, do you believe that a safe washed on shore? That's a great question. Well, I, I assumed they found it like in the water a few miles away, but I guess oh, maybe not so much because we know he was drowning up to recently. I don't think it's crazy that, you know, Silas knows that they're looking for this. I'm sure he's paying attention. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could have taken it out and been like, okay, Stefan, time to go crazy. Time to mind control him and to go killing a bunch of people. Oh, sure. Do you think Stefan did kill this guy in the safe and then he's going to continue to kill people? Or do you think there's something else going on? That's a good question. And I mean, follow-up question, which you can also specify on, where do you think Stefan is right now? So I'll say this, just because they pulled a safe out of the quarry doesn't mean it's the safe Stefan was in. You think there's multiple safes in the quarry? I mean, maybe he could get another safe if he needed to. I don't know why he would, but I do think I'm hoping Stefan's out of the safe because I think that would be kind of goofy if he just had multiple safes that he put around the quarry to like throw people off. (laughs) With different dead bodies. (laughs) I mean, and I think it's probably a situation we couldn't really recognize who this guy was, but it's not crazy that if Silas got Stefan out and opened it, that he said, here's this guy, like cut a slit in his throat, whatever. And Stefan's weak and hungry, you know? So hopefully Stefan, because Stefan, you know, notably did not turn his humanity off while he was in the safe. He made an active choice not to do that. Or at least we never saw him. At least we never saw him do it. So hopefully he can get himself out of this little killing spree. If it is indeed a killing spree, I think, you know, once he starts, it's hard for him to stop. That's kind of his whole thing. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers and or the Vampire Diaries, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.